Ron Harrigan, and this is a Fulcrum Strategies Healthcare Update. Post-COVID-19, the government response. It can be hard to imagine a world without COVID-19, but it will happen. At some point, we're going to develop a vaccine and or more effective treatments for this virus. We're going to come out of our houses and return to work. When this happens, the world is going to try to recover from this pandemic and put the pieces back together. In this podcast, I'm going to explore the possible strategies our government is going to take to get the U.S. economy back on track and back to the good old days of 2019. I'm going to pay particular attention to how these strategies are going to impact healthcare providers, physicians, and hospitals. For purposes of this exercise, let's assume it's January 2021. A vaccine has been developed and the world is in the process of being vaccinated against COVID-19. This means that the clinical threat of the pandemic is over. We can now get back to work without fear of infection. Boy, isn't that a great day to think about. The president has taken the oath of office and the next Congress has been seated. The first order of business for the government is to pick up the pieces of a damaged U.S. economy and try to put them back together again. While no one can completely predict what the economy will look like in January 2021, it's safe to say that no one expects it to be fully back to the economy of just last year. The most likely scenario was one where we're still dealing with high unemployment rates, lower or negative GDP growth rates, and a potential for increases in both inflation and interest rates. What we do know for certain is that whomever takes the oath of office in January, he will do so with the highest debt to GDP ratio in this country's history, and a federal budget that is in tatters, producing record deficits. Federal tax revenue will be down. Expenses will be up because of the economic damage done by COVID. The president will be facing national debt approaching $30 trillion. With that much debt, the president will be particularly worried about interest rates and inflation. Even a small uptick in inflation and interest rates would add billions of dollars of interest expense to the federal budget. In light of this, the president will have a strong incentive to try to improve the federal budget and reduce deficits. The problem is, he'll have a limited number of options available to get that done. Now, in situations like this, the most politically attractive strategy is to cut taxes and hopefully increase economic growth enough to actually increase federal revenue and reduce social program expense. It's unlikely that this approach will be successful or even tried in 2021. This is the tactic we tried with the tax cuts at the beginning of the Trump administration, and the data shows it didn't work. The GDP growth rate the economic growth rate in 2019 was actually less than that than it was four years prior in 2015 under the Obama administration. Okay, given that, it will be argued that the last round of tax cuts did not spur economic growth and only added more money to the federal deficit, something we simply can't do in 2021. With that option taken off the table, the president will be left with a choice between significantly increasing taxes or somehow reducing expenses. Now, if President Trump wins a second term, it's very unlikely that he would reverse his first-term tax cuts and actually increase taxes. This means his only option is to cut federal expenses. If our next president is Joe Biden, he will likely try to reverse the tax cuts that happened in 2017. But even if he accomplishes that, it won't be enough to fix the federal budget problem. He, too, will have to look at expenditure reductions. No matter who wins the election in November, there will be pressure to reduce federal expenditures. In order to do that, the president will have to attack one of the big three, Social Security, Health Care, or Defense. 
Those three categories make up almost two-thirds of all federal spending. Any meaningful reduction in spending has to include at least one of those areas. Now, if Trump wins re-election, he's likely to focus on health care and possibly reforming Social Security. His approach on health care could mean further dismantling the Affordable Care Act by reducing or eliminating the subsidies included in that law. He could also attack the increased cost due to Medicaid expansion by reforming Medicaid into block grants to the states. These moves could result in an increase in the uninsured population and increases in patient financial responsibilities to providers. A Biden presidency would have a very different approach. His administration would at bare minimum try to expand the Affordable Care Act by creating a public option. His argument would be that the increased competition would help drive down health care costs. He's also talked about letting individuals and businesses buy into Medicare for people, say, age 55 or 60. Under these strategies, we wouldn't necessarily see an increase in the uninsured, but doctors would be faced with reductions in revenues as reimbursement levels go down either through the competitive pressures of a public option or patients transitioning into Medicare-level reimbursement earlier through a Medicare buy-in program. The other option for Biden would be Medicare for All, which would be devastating to the provider community. While each approach comes with a different result, both place more pressure on physicians and their businesses. They do so because of reductions in revenues or increases in the uninsured population, meaning that it's going to become more and more difficult for physicians to run a successful business in the new environment. Remember, one man's expense reduction is another man's revenue reduction. Thank you, and as always, be safe and be well.